How you manage waivers and free agency is often the difference between winning and losing your fantasy leagues. On today's episode, I'm going to show you a new perspective on in-season roster management. My name is Evan Ronda. I'm the host of the Big Game Theory podcast, one of the many podcasts that are part of the IDP show feed. You can find me on Twitter at BGTEvan and on Instagram at Big Game Theory. Let's get into today's episode. Our starters aren't just the players on our team scoring points that week. They aren't even the bench players we've stored up for later in the season. We should be treating the waiver wire as an extension of our roster. Next week's starters could very well be free agents right now. Stop thinking of your bench players as the only backups you'll need for the season. All too often, I've seen managers stash an extra quarterback, extra tight end, or even, God forbid, an extra defense or kicker on their bench so they can play them for a bye week. Competitive game theory is all about finding something called Nash Equilibrium. Named after a local Arizona legend, Steve Nash, okay, not really, but Nash Equilibrium basically means that you're optimizing your chances of achieving a favorable outcome regardless of how things outside of your control unfold. In fantasy football, we should be constantly striving for Nash Equilibrium. We should always be looking for ways to win that are independent of the variance of fantasy football. This is the optimal way to play. Given all of that, I want to give you a quick mental exercise. Let's say you're playing in a standard 12-team league with standard roster settings of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, one kicker, and one defense. With one key change, you have one bench spot. How do you manage that bench spot in a way that optimizes your chances of winning? I want you to think of this bench spot as a dibs claim on one single asset. Should something come up and you need access to your bench, you get one player to guarantee that nobody else takes from you. Who do you pick? The process I'm about to teach you should be the process you use when determining how to manage your bench. First, let me call upon some topics I've previously discussed on the show positional scarcity, and supply and demand. If you're in that league I mentioned earlier, then you know that every team is going to start one defense each week. That's 11 teams, not counting yourself, that are going to roster at least one defense. Because there are 32 teams in the NFL, that leaves us with 21 defenses that aren't being started. Let's give this argument the benefit of the doubt and say that every team in this league is also rostering a defense on their bench. Let's call this our worst case scenario. In our worst case scenario, there are 22 defenses being rostered, leaving us with 10 options to start this week. That's not bad. We can do the same exercise with the kicker position. Our worst case scenario still leaves us with 10 options. Again, that's fine. How about quarterbacks? There will be at least 32 quarterbacks that score points 
every week, and maybe one or two more given Gadget Guys. So we'll still get our pick of the remaining 10 or so quarterbacks. Same again for tight end. The demand for each position is one, for each of those positions anyways. And the scarcity isn't a large enough factor because they're largely replaceable. I can get into the details more in a future episode, but there isn't really that much of a drop-off in predictability or production in most of those positions, so there isn't much of an advantage to having a bonus one on your bench. You will always have a startable player at each of those positions available on waivers, so stashing one for a bye week is unnecessary. Now let's do that same exercise with running backs. In our worst case scenario, the other 11 teams are starting three running backs, two in their running back spot and one in their flex, and they're stashing an extra one on their bench. That's 44 running backs that aren't free agents. We need at least two, maybe even three running backs this week. Our options are much more limited than they were at those onesie positions. The drop-off in production for running backs is also much more substantial. The same can be said for wide receivers. So that's the first half of the argument. In a worst-case scenario, you'll still find worthwhile starters at the onesie positions, but you likely won't find equally productive starters at running back or wide receiver. The second half of the argument is what I'll call the dibs advantage. No matter what happens in the coming week, you know that the one player you have stashed on your bench is staying with you and no other team can take them away. Ask yourself, what kind of asset do I most want my league mates to not have? Managers respond differently to a player's boom week depending on which position they are. If a kicker or a defense has a great week, managers don't generally go scrambling to the waiver wire to pick them up. Why? We missed it. Those positions don't tend to be super consistent or predictable on a weekly basis. If they did well this week, that doesn't increase their chances of being good next week. They just fluctuate based on matchups. The same can be said, albeit to a somewhat lesser extent, for tight ends and quarterbacks. Boom weeks can usually be attributed to good matchups or good luck. Every now and then, they can be the beginning of a positive trend for a player, but not often. For wide receivers, boom weeks are much more indicative of a future success. As fantasy managers, we can do a pretty good job of figuring out why a player did well. If the reason a player was successful is something that applies to future weeks, that player becomes a hot target. However, no other position has the propensity to be thrust into the spotlight more than running backs. One injury or coach's decision is all it takes for an unrostered bust to become a waiver wire darling. So given this information, which player would you call dibs on if you only had one bench spot? You want that bench spot to be used on a position that has the best shot at relevance in the coming weeks. That's why I would argue that bench position should be spent on running backs and wide receivers. More bench positions means more opportunities to call dibs on players. 
I hope that you learned a lot on today's episode. I crammed a bunch of information in there really, really quick, and I wanted to make sure that I got this out to you guys in time for week one. Draft season is coming to a close, and kickoff is just around the corner. I hope that you guys can use this information to be successful in your fantasy leagues, and there's always the unfortunate dilemma of having good information that helps you and not wanting to share it with your league mates because you think it might help them too. But I would encourage you to share this information anyways and let them do with it as they will. I've kind of reached the point where I'm sharing this to my league mates and I'm just trusting that, hey, if this is the information they needed to beat me, maybe they're just better than me at fantasy football. But that's pretty unlikely. So, you know, give it a shot. Share it with some friends and see what they think. I would love to have some feedback on this. So if you guys want to reach out to me on Twitter at BGTEvan or on Instagram at Big Game Theory, I would love to chat with you about it. I'm going to be on a surprise episode coming up in just a few days. So make sure you're staying tuned to the IDP show feed for future episodes coming up. But until next time, peace out.